illegal immigration has been such a hot button topic in the last couple weeks. Really since uh, Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, made a proclamation that there would be a zero tolerance policy when it came to illegal immigration. Now, we, the public, didn't know exactly what that meant. Um, you know, it was no surprise. Uh, Donald Trump on the campaign trail, one of his biggest um, policy points or, you know, if you can call them policy points, but one of his his biggest um, policy platforms was that he was going to go after illegal immigrants and secure the border and, and build the wall and Mexico will pay for it. So it was no surprise. But as time went on and the weeks went on and, you know, reports came out that uh, illegal uh immigrants coming across with children um, were basically being separated. They were being separated at the border, if caught, and the children were sent to um, separate detention centers or, you know, holding centers. Um, some reports say that the, the children were as young as eight months old. Other reports had said that, you know, it you know, there were up to a couple thousand children who were being housed in these detention centers. And, of course, you know, once this came to light, um, you know, a lot of people were outraged. And, you know, rightfully so. You know, when you look at the polling numbers, 66% were against these um, policies which, you know, in itself is <laughs> deeply disturbing, you know, coming from a guy who, you know, I try not to virtue signal and I try to not, you know, I try to meet people where they're at and not sit on my high horse per se. But, you know, it's deeply, deeply disturbing to me that 66%, only 66% of the American people, which means 34% are perfectly okay with these policies and are supportive of these policies. Now, this is where we're at. So recently, yesterday, um, you know, June 20th, 2018, Donald Trump signed, uh, I believe it was an executive order to abolish this practice, so-called. Now, we don't know what's going to happen to the children, you know, we haven't gotten any any report as far as like the children that are already in, uh, let's just call it what it is, custody, <laughs> and they're at the detention center. There's no report when these parents will be getting their children back, right? So, you know, I guess this policy is put into place, you know, going forward that, you know, the government will not uh, institute these practices and it will go back to the old way. I think, you know, when, when, you know, parents typically are coming with children across the border that, you know, the parents typically when they get it, they get caught, they get put into custody. Um, the government takes custody, temporary custody. And then, you know, the children uh, are either, um, you know, reunited with parents or they're, they're sent 
to, you know, relatives, um, you know, usually distant relatives or people who are already in the States who have a relationship uh, with the child or, you know, the family and they get put into their custody. Um, that's usually what, from what I read, is the policy, right? So that's what it seems like we're going to go back to that, to that moment, right? Now, it's, it's really been, and, and you know, this has been the third time I've, um, I've recorded this, uh, technical difficulties, uh, recording the podcast. You know, unfortunately, this is the third time I'm recording. And, you know, it, it, the first two times I think I, um, you know, I had, you know, everything outlined. I had, you know, what I wanted to say. And I, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit, you know, um, and, and just discuss this poisonous, poisonous, um, political climate that we're in right now in 2018. <clears throat> and I don't mean in the sense that, you know, I hear a lot of people that talk about, you know, people, um, you had homonyms, which I, I don't think it, it's, it's a valid, um, <clears throat> strategy. I don't think that it's helps the conversation at all. However, I do believe that, you know, having a conversation and, looking at different policy points and looking at different ideologies and critiquing them the best way that we can does not make us intolerant in any form or fashion, right? I think many times I hear on the right, I hear them talk about, well, you know, you progressive, you call yourself so open-minded, right? But when I have my views you don't accept my views. So how open-minded are you? And I've always said that there's no participation trophy when it comes to poor ideas. Period. <clears throat> you know, there's no participation trophies. You know, and, and I, I just feel as though treating ideas as if, you know, well, you know, we're going to treat each idea as an equal valid idea. And we're going to, you know, treat it as if, okay, that's what kid gloves. <clears throat> I think it's just, it's problematic. It's problematic. And, you know, that's just where we're at right now. Where, you know, people are literally trying to, uh, I guess, justify and, you know, justify poor ideas. Not just from a morality perspective, because, you know, morality is very difficult to measure. Morality, you know, one person's morality could be a little bit different from another person's morality. But just from a, a logistic, you know, policy, uh, number, statistic-based type idea, right? So you hear this a lot, you know, and I've heard this a lot from uh, the right wing, right? When it comes to illegal immigration... That's always, you know, going back to the days of, you know, as, as far back as I can remember, definitely. But even like from what I've studied, it was it was like a hot button topic going all the way back to the 80s, maybe even further. 
You know, I mean, granted, you know, if you want to even go even further back in, in, you know, the Chinese Exclusion Act of 19, uh, excuse me, 1882, where, you know, Chinese people were not allowed to immigrate to the to the United States effectively for 70 years or whatever, you know, 50, so it was like 60 or 70 years. Um, we've always had this complicated uh, relationship when it came to who we were allowed as far as refugees and as far as immigration and as far as, okay, what do we do with illegal immigration? But I think, you know, the conversation, especially in right-wing circles, has really begun to percolate in the past, uh, you know, 25, 20 years as the population, you know, seemingly has become more diverse, more multicultural, it's an interesting phenomenon that, you know, in right-wing circles, it's really become one of the biggest, you know, with all of the, the issues that we have plaguing our country, wealth inequality, uh, you know, student loan debt is out of control, um, you know, health care, our health care system. You know, I mean, you, you they claim to not be in favor of Obamacare and it's horrible and it's, it's awful. I don't like Obamacare either, but, you know, I don't like I didn't like the free market system we had before. But it seems like illegal immigration, when it comes to the right wing, it's war and illegal immigration. Those are like the two big uh, right wing sort of like positions, like the hugest positions. And I think it's very, very, very telling, you know. When you go back to the 1980s, I read Ronald Reagan, and again, this is before my time, but Ronald Reagan was in favor of amnesty, you know, which is ridiculous to think about. You know, this is Ronald Reagan. He's like Jesus Christ to the Republicans. You know, the way they, de they you know, deify this guy and the way they talk about this guy is like he's like Jesus himself. You know, he is like the modern Republican, the modern conservative and, you know, what they ended up becoming throughout the, the de future decades. And, you know, you look at a guy like him who was Mr. Conservative and here he is on a position like illegal immigration who's fairly progressive in, in today's standards, Right. I just find it just very off-putting and just very odd and very interesting, which, <clears throat> you know, makes me think, and, you know, it, it's not, I'm not breaking any new grounds. I'm not, um, you know, uh, telling, you know, or telling the audience or telling you guys something that you already don't know. It's the fact that the population is changing and it's altering. And on average, the people who are coming here, who are coming here illegally, are people who are from other countries, other countries that are ethnically opposed to what America, the majority of America was for from the inception of, of America. You know, these are brown people. These are people who come in here who speak Spanish. And... I think a lot of it has to do with where these people are coming from and, you know, their, their ethnic background, their racial background their And I think it, it, it 
has a lot to do not only with xenophobia, not only with just bigotry in a nutshell, because, yeah, I mean, I think with the uh, conservative constituents, I think a lot of it has to do with that. You know, you hear them speak, oh, well, you know, you let these people in or, you know, you offer amnesty to these people. You're encouraging more people to go, more of these t those type of people to come. And then before you know it, this country is going to go to shit. Why you think, you know, people from other countries and diversity somehow uh, is shit or like the country's going to go to shit? I don't know. But, you know, you hear these people talk long enough and, you know, it becomes very apparent, you know, what they're saying in dog whistle terms. Right. But it's more so, I think, you know, a power play as well. You know, on average, these are people... First of all, the younger generation, and I don't see this changing, the younger generation tends to be more liberal, even the conservatives of, of the millennial generation and generations after us, who are um, more progressive on a lot of these, these issues, period. You know, like you look at the polling numbers and then you go by age. It is what it is. You know, these are people who are substantially more progressive than their baby boomer and even Generation X counterparts. And when you break it down racially and ethnically, it becomes even more apparent. You know, when you look at um, non-white voters in the country, on average, they don't vote Republican. They just don't. They vote. They tend to vote Democratic. You know, black population, the Hispanic, all types of Hispanic populations, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, they tend to vote more on the Democratic side, Asians. You know, then that's just the way it goes. So I think, you know, in a lot of ways, it's it's it's, it's self-preservation for the uh, conservatives, because it's just it's very hard for me to believe that, you know, illegal immigration would be such a huge huge bugaboo when it comes to the conservatives if it was a bunch of people coming in from other countries who are voting conservative you know i think that you know the that has a lot to do with the conservatives in a lot of states when it comes to making sure trying to limit people's ability to vote you know um, those on the left call it voter suppression because they understand that historically, especially in the last 20 to 25 years, you get low voter turnout, whether it's federal elections or whether it's local elections, more so federal, more so for the presidency. Low voter turnout is usually a good thing for the conservatives. High voter turnout is usually not a good thing for the conservatives. So, you know, I think, you know, those are two um, believe it or not, policies, uh, excuse me, like sticking points that they may not, they may not seem, um, necessarily related to each other, but I think they have a lot to do. I think there is some sort of connection, you know, between, um, why, you know, illegal immigration has become, is become such a hot button topic on the right when this country is, um, you know, there are so many other issues that this country, immediate issues, infrastructure, 
you know, the civil engineering society or, you know, they, they, I guess, test all of like, you know, buildings and like uh, bridges and, and the, the quality of these buildings and bridges and tunnels and, and, you know, making sure that they're safe and up to date. And, you know, I guess they do it around the world. They, they sort of like go from place to place, city to city and state to state. And they found that the United States gets a greater D on their infrastructure. You know, a lot of our infrastructure is old and it's crumbling. But, you know, to the conservatives, illegal immigration is like, if not in the top three, it's definitely in the top two, if not one, as far as priority priorities. And, you know, it's just hard for me to believe that it's illegal immigration just from a, you know, philosophical ideology standpoint that illegal immigration is just something that, you know, they philosophically oppose, you know, wholeheartedly. You know, I just, it's hard for me to believe the vitriol. And it, it just seems as though it's just a, um, it's ridiculous. And, you know, you look at, you look at, you know, and what tells me this is, is that you, when you look at the, the number of people who come across the border, right? So when you look at uh, the numbers, if, if you listen to conservatives, right, if you listen to like conservative politicians, they'll tell you, they'll give you an abstract sort of like idea, you know, oh, you know, these, you know, you hear Donald Trump speak, oh, you know, these illegals, they're coming across the border in droves, right, in hordes. It's just like nonstop. It's like there's no resistance. They just walk across the border. They're in the U.S. and then boom. You know, they're committing crimes and they're taking jobs away from people and, you know, they're they're putting a strain on the economy and so forth and so forth. But, you know, there's never any numbers to back that up because they know that the numbers tend to be more in favor of the other side. Right. So when you look at the numbers, right, every single data point that I've ever seen has said that illegal immigration into the country has dropped when you when you're talking about uh crossing the border from mexico now you have a lot more people who are coming across the border from the mexican border who are from central america because central america is a um you know the economy in a lot of these countries aren't that great guatemala uh you know el salvador um, you know, you have these countries that, you know, the economy's not too great. So you have people that, you know, either they, they stay in Mexico where the economy's a little bit better, or, you know, they continue up and they continue to try to get into the United States. The economy over the last 20 years or so in Mexico has improved. It has improved. And I think it has a lot to do it has a lot to do with the why the uh, illegal immigration um, uh, numbers have sort of plateaued, and if anything, they've reversed. So back in 2016, the New York Times uh, did a report, and I forgot where they got the, you know, what school did the um, did the actual study, but the study showed that over the course of I think the last they said the last 10 to 15 years. We've had uh, more uh, illegal immigrants 
leaving the United States to go back to Mexico than Mexico, Mexican uh, legal immigrants from Mexico coming to the United States. So we had more people going in the last, whatever, 10 to 15 years, whatever study they showed, than coming. So that right there tells you that, you know, when you hear the conservatives speak as if, like, this is such a, oh, my God, like, it's the the world is falling, and this is just such a huge problem. When, you know, you have more people that are leaving this country who are going back to their home country, because on average, let's be honest, I, I don't know if any of you guys, any of you viewers or, or uh, excuse me, listeners are, you know, half family members or from another country or half family members from another country. A lot of times people come here, they go to school or they get they get a job and then they go back. They go back. You know, this idea that like, well, and that's American exceptionalism. Well, you know, this country is so wonderful. It's a country so great. You know, everybody just wants a piece of it. You know, a lot of these people, they come here, they make a living. They, you know, work under the table. They do backbreaking work that a lot of Americans don't want to do. They pay taxes, contrary to popular belief, because sales tax is a tax. Right. So, you know, these people are contributing millions of dollars of taxes to the economy. And, you know, let's be honest, the economy, um, you know, in the United States dropped. You know, we had a recession, you know, which which hurt, you know, a lot of jobs left and a lot of, you know, in 2008, 2009, 2010. It really the economy was in rough, rough, rough shape. So, you know, you factor all of these things in. you had people that were more people leaving the U.S. and going back to Mexico or what have you than coming into the United States. So that's something that they don't tell you, right? And it frustrates me to no end that, well, you know, that's that's just, you know, they, it just it's a feeling, you know, oh, well, you know, there are just tons of illegal immigrants. And it's like, well, I thought you were the crowd that, you know, facts over feelings, right? Facts over feelings. So I guess, you know, Facts over feelings, you know, feelings, feelings wins over when it comes to illegal immigration, because there's no study that suggests that there has been a surge or an uptick in illegal immigrants coming across the border. That's one. Two. Oh, well, you know, this is why we need a wall. And you hear people talk about that, right? Donald Trump, that's been his big talking point. That's been his big sticking point is that, you know, we're going to we're going to get this wall built. Now, never mind the, the idiosity, the stupidity of it all, right? When people, you know, his supporters are like, well, you know, it's not a stupid investment. You know, you could say that about anything. You know, again, you know, codifying or uh, coddling, you know, stupid freaking ideas, right? Uh, everybody's idea is valid. It's complete nonsense because it's 2018, and when people people aren't just sneaking across borders, people are coming across on airplanes. So what do you do then? Do you build a wall all the way up to the fucking space? Do you block airplanes? I don't understand. You know, these are people, there are plenty of people. You know, half, they say half, up to half of illegal immigrants, let me repeat it, half 
of illegal immigrants who are in this country, people who are here illegally, illegal aliens, are people who have overstayed their visas, their work visas, their school, their um, um, education visas, and they just stay. You think these people came across a fucking uh, border? They flew. They flew here. But, you know, you don't hear anything about the conservatives speaking about those people. Those people. Because a lot of the time, these are people who are more affluent. These are people who are who are more, um, you know, they tend to be of a higher socioeconomic level. People who have the opportunity to come here on a student visa, or on a work visa. So, you know, it, 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 it begs to... to it makes you question and it really makes you wonder, you know, is it truly about illegal immigrants or is it about what you perceive as undesirables coming here and destroying America? And when, you know, you can insert whatever reasoning you, you may have, or you may have heard from Fox news or Breitbart. It's, it becomes sort of ridiculous, right? So, when you hear that statistic, what the hell is a wall going to do? What is a wall going to do? Never mind the fact that, you know, it's it's a multi multi billion dollar. I've heard reports as high as 50 billion dollars to build that wall. Taxpayer money, right? Well, Mexico will pay for it. No, they won't. What are you going to do? Invade Mexico? You can't force another country to build build something. You know, what are you going to do? Trade war? You know, we get a lot of our, our cheap shit from Mexico. You know, so it's like you could either engage in a, in a real war or a trade war. And, you know, it would hurt us just as much, if not more, if we did that with Mexico, a trade war. And a war war isn't happening. So what do you do? They ain't building a fucking wall. Are you crazy? Could you imagine if Trudeau was like, yeah, you know, we're going to build a wall on, on the U.S. And, and Canadian border and if the U.S. is going to pay for it. <laughs> you know, we would tell them to go fuck off sideways. You know, the, the, the fucking balls and the unmitigated gall, you know, of this guy is just it's astounding to me. But never mind all of that, the stupidity and the the most likely the impracticality of it because now you know you're not building over you know you first of all it's it's ridiculous amounts of square miles you know the mexican border goes all the way from like southern california all the way you know new mexico and and and, and texas and i mean it's it's a far far border you know it has to be at least you know 15 to you know, could be 1,500 miles. I mean, it's a big, big, wide border. Southwest all the way to the West Coast. You know, and it's how practical is it? There's rivers, you know. There's, there's um, um, you know, uneven ground. There's mountains, <laughs> like... How do you build across all of that? That's a massive, massive, massive undertaking. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's bullshit. It's nonsense. And it's red meat for his base. 
So, you know, congratulations, I guess that worked for him. But nonetheless, that doesn't mean that the practicality of it doesn't make it any more ridiculous. So when you factor that in, and you factor in the vast majority of these people are coming across on airplanes and staying here illegally, illegal immigration has been going down. And then when you factor in Obama, who, you know, the, the right wingers, they can't make their fucking mind up. Because one minute they're like, well, you know, we love Trump because he's tough on immigration and no, no nonsense, zero tolerance. But then, you know, when people get outraged about, um, you know, Trump's uh, draconian uh, illegal immigration practices, then it's, oh, well, Obama deported 2.5 million uh, illegal immigrants under his presidency or whatever the number is. You know, you never complain when he did that. And it's like. Uh, it's which one is it? Pick your pick up your uh, make your mind up. Is it that they were they were tougher or just as tough on illegal immigration, or was it you know or were they soft on illegal immigration, as you know Trump w likes to say or what he was saying on the campaign trail? Oh, the Dems they're soft on on border control. It's just it's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, I think this is part of the reason why I started my podcast, because it's frustrating when you're trying to find solutions to problems and, you know, even diagnosing a particular problem and not having any particular like data or any like framework to identify what the problem is, if there is a problem and what the solution is to that problem. Where's the numbers? Where's the data? Where's the numbers? Not that, oh, I'm Mr. Republican, so this is my, my political stance right away, or I'm Mr. Democrat. What is, what is the situation? Let's diagnose it. What's the strategy? And then, you know, what's the ideal number? And let's, let's work off of numbers. Now, I'm not saying numbers, personal, um, you know, Personal uh, narratives aren't important and peppering that in, but data is like the lifeline. And when you're not working off of data and, you know, you're trying to craft public policy and you're getting people, people are actually falling for this, but there's no data. Or, you know, the data is just wildly, wildly like made up. Oh, you know, I lost the popular vote because Hillary Clinton, you know. Uh, two million illegal immigrants voted for Hillary Clinton. That's why I lost the popular vote by two million. You know, like when, when people say shit like that, no basis in reality. They're just using numbers that they made up. It's factually incorrect. Where is the, the data? Where is the numbers? That majority of like studies, diff, uh, you know, people who study this, majority of studies, where is the data? To suggest that illegal immigration is at an all-time high. Where's the data that suggests that Barack Obama or the Dems are soft on illegal immigration? What does that even mean, soft on? And that's another big freaking issue. You know, and people fall for this nonsense. What does is, what is being soft on something mean? Once upon a time, I mean, you look back at the uh, America America's uh, ideas on the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war. Vast majority of these people don't want to be there, um, don't want the troops to be there anymore. Those two wars are very unpopular. I think Afghanistan, um, you know, a couple years ago was at, was 
at its lowest popularity wise it was lower than um uh the vietnam war at its lowest so that goes to show you that you know it's not a popular war it's not a popular endeavor by any means or any stretch but i'm old enough to remember that around 9-11 and even going forward after that you have people who are on the left or you know some people some progressives vast majority unfortunately the vast majority of democrats got sweeped swept up into that um bullshit but the you know you had some democrats and that came forward and they were anti-war they're like what are we doing here why are we invading this country? why are we invading iraq i don't get it iraq had nothing to do with 9-11 well why i don't understand and you had Republicans that tarred and feathered these people and said, "Oh, well, you're just you're you're weak and bleeding heart liberal, and you're you're soft on on you know uh, terrorism." That was the ad hominem, right? Oh, you have no balls, right? Let's just call it what it is: is well, you have no balls. That's what this country has become: thinking and making calculated moves. And, and thinking five steps ahead and thinking about the future is, well, you have no balls. If you don't act impulsively and you don't, like, put the hammer down, you know, for the sake, um, you know, forsaking everything else, you don't put the fucking hammer down, then you're soft and you're pussy. And, you know, we're, we're the tough guys. When in actuality, you're just a fucking idiot. Now, you know, at a later podcast, I definitely want to talk, um, you know, and this will be another episode, but about the I, the, um, the the way in which, you know, anti-intellectualism has sort of gained a footing in this country, um, where, you know, thinking and using your brain has certainly been frowned upon and you're an elitist and you're in, you know, that kind of thing when intelligence and, and being smart should be celebrated and, you know, wisdom should be celebrated. But nevertheless, it's one of those things in which, you know, I have, it's really upset me. Similar to how, you know, a couple months ago, the gun control situation was going on and the debate after the Parkland shooting. And people are just like making statistics up or they're not using any statistics at all. And they're just pulling out dumb ideas. I've heard people sat to sit there and talk about, well, you know, their parents shouldn't have came illegally. So, you know, committing gross acts of human rights violations is justified because you deem it to be justified when these are non-negotiables human rights is a non-negotiable thing human rights i don't give a shit if you're an american i don't give a shit if you're a korean north korean south korean i don't give a shit if you're a chinese i don't give a shit if you're brazilian i don't give a shit if you're south america south african uh, human rights is human rights and that's why we could sit on our high horse in the US and oh Assad, Assad used chemical weapons on his people that's an outrage you know 
and play the moral police, even though it's it's going on with their own people, then we need to look at at the situation and hold ourselves accountable for human rights uh, violations as well. And treating people with, with dignity and not rationing it off as people who are deserving or, you know, people that you deem to be deserving of human rights. Human rights is there for a reason. It's, it's you know, Human Rights Council is there for a reason. It's non-negotiable. It's the way you treat other human beings. And that's non-negotiable. Yet you have people who were making justifications for it. And people who were, you know, flat out defending this. And, you know, it's it just... It's ridiculous. Yeah, people that straight up lied. Oh, it, it was uh, Obama did it. That's there's no verifiable verifiable evidence that he did that. It was nearly on the on the um, level in which Trump and you know Sessions and those idiots were attempting to do it, or they even uh, got to that point. You know. Yeah, Obama was known as Mr. Deportation. And, you know, everybody in my circles, I'm not talking about the hacky Democrats, people, oh, I'm a Democrat. I'm talking about progressives, people who say, I'm a progressive. I'm I'm liberal. And, yeah, plenty of people that were, like, um, critical of, of Barack Obama when it came to that. You know, first of all, a lot of people didn't know it. But, you know, the people who did know it, who was on that on the left politically, they're like that they, they didn't agree with that. A lot of people who follow this and follow politics and they know about Obama's um, record. And when it came to illegal immigration and they don't they don't like it. And I, that's one of the black marks for me under his presidency. One of his black marks is the is is illegal immigration standard, and he was essentially a Republican, you know. But that you know, as far as like you know, verifiable, he was doing the same exact thing as me is just ridiculous, you know. Separating children and and you know it, that there's no verifiable evidence that that was going on on such a widespread basis. You know, now, of course, you have certain exceptions. You may have children that come across and they come across and they're um, they have no adult with them. You know, you have certain exceptions. Now, I don't agree with that either, but it's much different than, well, you know, we're just going to zero tolerance. We're going to put the hammer down and, you know, we're doing this purposely. Not that, you know, we're trying to negate something or that we're trying to find the best solution. But, you know, we're just straight up like trying to punish people and make an example out of fucking people. Then that's when people have a problem, have a problem with that. They have a a big problem with that. And I just find it kind of egregious. I just find it ridiculous. The whataboutisms. That's another episode topic. (laughs) I love to talk about the whataboutisms that people talk about. It annoys me. It drives me crazy. It makes me want to, like, walk up a wall. Well, what about this? What about that? No, we're talking about this situation. Now, if you want to get into a political discussion 
as far as like what Obama or what Hillary Clinton or what the Democrats are shitty at, then, you know, we, I don't know if we have enough, you know, enough time to do that. You know, we all have jobs and kids and careers and shit like that. So I, I could sit there all day and talk about all of the, the, the criticisms I have for the Democrats and Barack Obama and, but, you know, of course, these people are, you know, that that say these things, they're tribalist. Oh, they're calling people out for tribalism, but they're tribalist, too. Because what about doesn't apply? Obama's gone. Obama's not the president anymore. Trump is the president. You know, the the Democrats haven't controlled the House and the Senate since, what, 2010? So, you know, the Republicans are generally in control. So, you know, using this, you know, as an excuse to somehow, some way, of course, the Democrats, the politicians don't have fucking balls. You know, they don't like go co- fight and denounce shit and, and scream from the loudest like rooftops. Look what they're doing. You know, you need to register to vote and get these madmen out of here. They try to play nice with the Republicans when the Republicans have no interest in playing nice with them. But the whataboutism amongst the constituents has just been gross. It's gross. You know, and it's just intellectually dishonest. Because you don't give a shit. You're just trying to deflect. You don't give a shit. Well, what about Obama? You don't care. You're just trying to deflect and you're trying to put, you're trying to put, print, paint a pretty picture or, you know, put a, uh, whatchamacallit, put makeup on shit. You know, like a literal piece of shit. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. You know, we can look at, at, at situations, oh, what about this or what about that? Once you hear, start hearing, what about this and what about that? That goes to show you that the other person, <laughs> doesn't have a legitimate argument. They don't have a legitimate argument. They have to deflect and they have to muddy the waters of the conversation so that, you know, when it comes to criticism, there's little to no criticism for their ideology, for their president, for their um, philosophy, and they don't have to be held accountable. 